This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Maney along with Colin Ward. We are into round two. We're through two games in round two in each series. Uh, round one has come to an end. What a fun end, I have to say. I can't remember the last time that we saw two game sevens in round one of the OHL playoffs. I'm sure it's happened, and I'm sure it was not recently, but... And some good uh, ones there. Yeah, a couple good ones for sure. You got Flint going on sound, and of course Kitchener uh, and London. We'll get into that, of course, as the show goes on. We won't spend <laughs> yeah. too much time uh, with round number one, just obviously two games into round number two for every matchup, so... We're kind of fighting with recency bias on this one, but uh, we will go over round one and, you know, kind of give our thoughts. Of course, like we said, we'll probably mention it quite a bit. That'll take up the majority of our time are those two game sevens. Um, And then we'll move into the second round. We'll also go over players of the week as the weekend is over and kind of maybe not predictions for the second round, but you know, what we've seen so far and where things could go. Uh, yeah, I like that. You know, few strong opinions for sure on a couple of the series. Um, will we see another upset? Kitchener Windsor, uh, yeah. Mr. Ward might be leaning that way. Yeah, kind of. Kitchener convinced before. me. Yeah, I mean, Kitchener going into this last series against London, I thought. Kitchener should win that series. London's the worst two seed I've saw in a long time. And Kitchener's probably the best seventh seed I've saw in a long mm-hmm. time. And I, we were talking about that before we went on air. We were kind of saying it reminded me of the Niagara Ice Dogs when they made their OHL finals run in 2016, where Niagara beat all the good teams that year. I remember they beat a good Erie team that year. They, they won a couple big games where they shouldn't have. And then mm-hmm. the playoffs, they just steamrolled, right? And you catch momentum. That kind of reminds me of what Kitchener is going through right now. I I think they're loaded. I mean, Jackson Parsons starts Sunday night and gets the win. Pavel Chayon starts game seven like in London and plays incredible. Like, the mm-hmm. state – and it would have been funny because the Denver Barky chance on the side of the goal where he batted the puck off the glass in midair, if that would have went in, could you oh imagine? My God. <laughs> like – out of all out of all the shots, if that would have went off the glass, it would have been like the Nick Cronwall goal where it went down quick's back against LA. It yeah, after like going that. up off the netting, yeah. Yeah, it would have been like that. But like Pavel Chion, MVP in round one, in my opinion, just because of game mm-hmm. seven, game six too as well. Because game six, there were doubts there. As bad as London played in the second period, there were still doubts in the third when it was 4-2. Mm-hmm. So there were still doubts in their mind, and you're definitely thinking about it. So... I like Kitchener. I think they're a good hockey club. And I think when you just look at the trade deadline, it was funny because Sunday I had some good talks around the press box about that because I hear some talks saying, well, Kitchener upset London, Kitchener upset London. And I go, well, I saw it. I was there for almost – I only missed one game in that series. And Kitchener was probably – yes, London outshot them. But just because you outshoot a team doesn't mean you're the better team. doesn't mean you're outplaying a team. It's mm-hmm. yeah, well, it's quality over quantity, right? In some games, and that's what my opinion. What it was, Kitchener was definitely the stronger team. Um, Joseph Serpa, I mean, what a playoff he is having! I mean, you're looking at mm-hmm. playoff MVP right now, the way he is. Obviously, Logan Morrison has something to say with that in Hamilton, but you're looking at right now in the Western Conference, the best player in the playoffs. It has to be Joseph Serpa for the clutch goals he's scoring, mm-hmm. and then. As I go back to this, you, we talked about this yes, or on Sunday in Hamilton. 
when you're looking at the back at the deadline, for the amount of picks they got for Arbor Jacki, they had to do it. Yeah. And they're getting they're getting the same grit as they are from Jacki as they're getting in modern. They're getting the same type player. Yeah, Mutter's probably less skilled than Jacki. Jacki puts a puck in the net as a defenseman. He's a skilled guy on the back end too. Mm-hmm. But Mutter's Mutter's it's not that big of a difference. Mutter's gonna score. Like Mutter signs last year. If he play if there's a season last year, Mutter's in the National Hockey like not in the National Hockey League, but he's got an AHL deal already. Possibly in the AHL. Yeah. But like that's one of those deals where like I mean, he said it before on the show where that's just like Mike McKenzie doing a good job as a GM. He knows this team. He knows the team needs. And it was when you look at the roster, when you add a guy like Mutter, they already have big defense kitchener. Kitchener's defense is massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got some good young defensemen there. And then you look up front, and it's a dream first line, in my opinion. I think this is the most underrated first line in Penelli, Patizian, and Mutter. And then Serpa in there as well. Like the odd time him and Mutter will switch out. But it's just that's an interesting top line because Patizian's the energizer, buddy. He's all over the place. He mm-hmm. works his butt off and you can see it. He's the leader of that team. And it was funny how he scored the overtime winner after all oh, that stuff that, after all the stuff that went through in the series. Yeah, I felt bad for Brett Rochu, Luke Evangelista, a couple of show guests they had such good years too. Um, mm-hmm. Rochu definitely not 100%. You can see that in the series. And I mean, Kitchener knew that. I mean, credit to Kitchener every single game, they're flopping on top of them. But hey, if you find out the other team's goalie, the goalie that was Canada's goalie at the World Juniors isn't is laboring. It's fair You're game. not going to not crash he's, the net. Like, he's playing. Yeah. He's playing. What what kind of league is this? Can we like? There's body contact. He's playing in the game. It's playoffs. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Like no, I mean on, that's fair game. That started right from puck drop game one of that series, right? You talk about it first or second period into game one. Yeah, they're already. They're already at that net. They're already getting, you know, anybody possible into that blue paint, whether it's to take his eyes away, whether it's, you know, an extra hack or two after the whistle. It's just that's that seemed like the game plan all series long. And, you know, credit to the players, credit to the coaching staff for, you know, not realizing it because I think everybody who watched this series realized it. But, yeah, they stuck with it for seven games. And there's a difference between that obviously there's a difference between sticking with it all seven and just setting the tone at the beginning of the series and then after that because of for whatever factor you stop doing it and it was continuous yeah. throughout the series we saw we saw the tweets going back and forth on twitter between kitchener <laughs> and london media we saw it about you know whether they were flops, oh, this, or, you know, but that but that was the game plan for the Kitchener Rangers. That's why not. That's what they why not? Did. do something attack about the it. Net, attack the if you're London, and it's going to be successful. And it was. If you're London, stop crying and do something about it. Yeah, well, and that's that's where about we bring it. up the point that we talked about it all the time. Really, the only guys that you look for to <laughs> do that, and it's supposed to be these guys, but your defense. That is all London had to stick up against the Kitchener Rangers in terms of size. Well, when you look at their defense, when you look at their defense, what guy is it? What guy on their defensive core that started for London is a rough and tumble defenseman? There really isn't yeah, that guy. Throw that in there as well. Other than McSor- Ty McSorley, and he's a forward. He's the only one on London yep. that I would I could see. Max McHugh had a good series. I thought mm-hmm. maybe McHugh, McHugh and Mutter were going at it. That was pretty cool to see. Um, they had some, they had some uh, yeah. a lot of words exchanged. Um, 
it was interesting for sure to see those two. But other than McHugh and McSorley, I don't see anyone on London that would really do something about it. Yeah, because even Kirill Steklov's got the size for it, but it's he's but not a guy that will a- chase that kind of stuff. He's not a guy that's going to go out of his way to hit somebody. He's going to let him come. He's just going to like rub you off the corner type thing, right? He's not that type of guy. But they really didn't have that. And that's the thing where London definitely has to improve. Um, it's kind of has the vibes of the pre, uh, the about the kind of like the year before they got swept all in sound in the first round mm-hmm. in London right now. It's kind of that vibe, I, I would imagine, right? Like, yeah. It kind like it kind of feels like that, but well, yeah, well, yeah. Talking about the London Knights' future, locked and loaded, ready to go. Luca Testa signing uh, on Monday afternoon. Yeah. So, um, also, I have a quick uh, question from the OHL website: Who is the most valuable player of the first round of the OHL playoffs? I like that one. Pavel Chion, Brandon Coe, James Hardy, Abdias Lombardi from Flint. Logan Morrison, Mike Petizian, Antonio Strongest, Jack Thompson, Zade Wisdom, or someone else? I have mine. I have mine. Yeah, that's tough. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the leader after we think about it. I'll, I'll say mine first. But I say Paul Ludw- I say Paul Ludwinski from Kingston. I say other. Paul Ludwinski won those massive draws in that Oshawa game where they saved off. Like they didn't save off elimination. They were the team up in the series, but like they were. They say they saved not going to game seven, you know, like mm-hmm. the momentum was definitely when Oshawa, when Tulio scored that goal late in the third period to force overtime, usually, usually the team that ties it wins those games because the amount of momentum they have going in. But yep. I would say Ledwinski because Ledwinski was massive in Kingston for that game. I mean, right. Missed a couple shifts. Right. So Ledwinski had to step up. I would say Paul Ledwinski. I like that. Him, him or Brandon Coe. His co scored a lot of massive goals for North Bay. Mm-hmm. It'd be those two. I mean, yeah, that's because I, I don't think you go with Morrison because he's very low. I mean, Hamilton went right eight. through that series. So, I mean, that, that's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I kind of thought about this because you. You would think that you'd choose one of the guys that came from a team that won in seven. Just obviously you could pick Kitchener a lot easier than that Flint Owen sound series because mm-hmm. the favorite did end up winning that series in the Flint Firebirds. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like that pick in the Lewinsky. It just, for me, it's not the sexy pick. It's just, no, it isn't, which I like I, I'm totally fine with. It's for, for me, I'm, I, I'm going Jer- Joseph Serpa. Yeah. The Kitchen Rangers. I mean, again, easy to say because he's at the top of the leaderboard when it comes to points. I've got it up here. Uh, there are three guys uh, tied at the top. Okay. I did have it up here. Uh, there are three guys tied at the top of the list. Of course, one of those includes Logan Morrison. Um, obviously, he's played six games. So he played the minimum, but 14 points gonna look a lot better yeah um you know mitchell russell's there for the north bay battalion as well they've also played the minimum so far he's got 14 points in six games so obviously those two have kind of stepped up but i mean it's hamilton north bay had no problems in round number one as a seven seed and you're at a 14 point total 
obviously two games into round number two. So that number's a little higher than it was for the first round. But, you know, with, with Kitchener, you're going up again, like just because it's London. We look at them up front, yeah. we previewed this series, but it's London. It doesn't matter who they have. They couldn't have had Evangelista or, you know, Strongis or Brochu. You still look <laughs> at it. You're playing the London Knights. There's still a, there's still that factor of, well, everyone thinks they're better than us. Everyone thinks they're better than everybody. They're junior hockey glory, which, yeah, they are playing a nine thousand seat junior hockey arena and sell out pretty much every night when it's not COVID. Yeah, yeah that's intimidating think, as hell. Yeah, and best individual performance this playoffs was definitely Jion for Game Seven. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, what do you think the percentage right now? Yes, everyone knows the result, but the percentage in that game, game seven, it, overtime, what do you think the percentage of Kitchener winning was? I would say 85 to 15 in favor of London winning for the amount they outplayed them in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say 85 to 15 in favor of London, and that's how good Pavel Chion was. I agree with that. Yeah, like that. Like that was that was might be the best individual performances playoffs that I've saw. It might be one of the best I've saw in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, like we were lucky to see that OHL fans. It's so lucky to see that come out because uh, it was really cool to see. But yeah, that was a that was a heck of a series. Kitchener played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Batesian too, and another one you could say is that Kitchener shutdown line. Where was Luke Evangelista? Yeah. And, you know, and another, and this is the thing too, Luke Evangelista, Chion knew he was shooting every time. And that pass he made in game seven on the goal was a heck of a pass. That was a hell of a play. That was a, because yeah. it was empty net. Like, that's what, like props for, props on Luke doing that because yeah. that was a heck of a play. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I, I forgot to mention this off the top. The background of your room right now is incredible. You got like, Reese nice right now has like a jersey wall. Like right behind them. It doesn't help the I have a Rangers. problem when it comes to buying them. Oh, well. I can see the Kitchener Rangers jersey. That's the first jersey I said. I knew the Wings one. Yeah. Yellow one. Is that Pittsburgh? Steelers? Yellow. No, I don't have a Steelers jersey. Okay. You want me to go in order? I feel like I have to go in order now that you brought yeah, it up. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to right. do it. This is a memorable moment. All right. You're witnessing, so... you're witnessing OHL in 60 history. So jersey number one, obviously rookie of the year, Mort Sider. Um, hey, then we're switching to baseball. We're going with the Spencer Torkelson jersey. Nice. Then we are going to one of the best net front guys of all time, Thomas Holmstrom. Homer. Uh, then we're going back to baseball with future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander. Nice. Uh, then we're going to the Ice Dogs, my Ice Dogs jersey back when I was with the team. Hey. Um, Dylan Larkin uh, Stadium Series jersey. Oh, those were sick. Dudley. Uh, then we're going Team Canada, World Cup of Hockey jersey. The white one. Nice. Uh, a team-signed Kitchener Rangers jersey from the final okay. year of Jeff Skinner's OHL career. So anywhere so between Landis 2010 Cog? and 2012. So Landis Cog is there. Landis Cog is on this jersey. Jeff Skinner's on That's here. Uh, Michael Catanacci for any of you guys out there. Name. He's on here. Uh, right, that's a name that would be in the Kitchen, name bracket 100%. Kitchen, we should do an alumni name bracket. Let us That'd know be because Kitchen, 
Kitchener, I feel like out of any team, Kitchener has had the best name. Yeah. Like, Alum, goaltender Brandon always, Maxwell on there. Ooh, like they've always had name Kitchener. Like they've yeah. always had a guy on the team with like a cool name. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, that was um, that was exciting first I round. Think, I, was like, I, I think John Moore's on there too. Anyone that remembers ooh. him, that's cool. But that's that's a keepsake for sure. I was gonna say um, I gotta get this thing framed, but I heard it's a lot of money. I ain't about that. <laughs> yeah, no, no guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know who your picks are for the players of the first round because there's a few. There's a few. Obviously, you rattled off every single player on the list, and plus more, plus more that yeah. that were legit. So that was exciting. Um, I was gonna say to- for, for for me, I th- just one more. I'm not gonna spend too much time on this. Yeah, uh, Zade Zade Wisdom, big for the Kingston Frontenacs. We talked about him big going guy. into this series. Uh, obviously, you've got the rights. You've got uh, like you mentioned, Ludwinski, um, you know, Chromiak. Talk about Miralainen and Annette. Um, but Wisdom was a guy that we were talking about. You know, he comes back from the AHL, and again, nobody really. Not that we didn't expect him to be in the AHL, but we didn't expect him to perform as well as he did in the AHL. And when you come from a situation like that, and, and I'm sure Zade would have still loved to be in the AHL right now in that Flyers farm system, but you know, for, for him to step up and get as many points as he did, he's got 14 points in eight games as I speak now, Monday night um, uh, into round two. But you know, he, he was that guy where, Kingston will only be successful in the playoffs with Zade Wisdom being Zade Wisdom from a couple of years ago in the Ontario yes. Hockey League. And, you know, again, Shane that's Wright's going to score. Ledwinski's going to score. All these guys are going to score for Kingston. But if he wasn't going, Kingston wasn't going. And it wasn't a question yeah. of the Frontenacs not getting out of the first round. It was a question of that, would they go beyond round number two? Because, you know, Oshawa put up a fight. But it was, it's the second round matchup that we are seeing uh, between them and North Bay where, you know, if Wisdom goes cold through games three through seven or however long it lasts, uh, Kingston probably isn't going to be playing anymore. So. Yeah, exactly. You're 100% right. That and Marilina making matches. Mm-hmm. The Wisdom, Wisdom being his pesky self is big. Yeah, that was. That's massive for him, I, th- right? I think that's our captain obvious key to that. To, to the Kingston Frontenacs is Shane <laughs> yeah. Wright's got to be Shane Wright, but Zade Wisdom has to step up and lead um, like the veteran he is. So, yeah, for sure. Um, also, a quick update: 108 OHL graduates in the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. So that's pretty cool. 108. Let's go Lightning! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're big Lightning fans right now yeah, in the National Hockey League. Man, for obvious, I, I used to have a black Tampa Bay Lightning shirt. I probably got rid of it because it was too small, Ooh. but. I'd be repping that right now. Did you a quick, quickly NHL topic? Did you see that back check from William Nylander? No, that's not it, guy. I haven't that's seen not it, yet. it, guy. Okay, I will. I will send it to you uh, in the during the break because right. oh my, like it might be the worst playoff back check I've ever saw. That guy makes how much money? That, <laughs> like, think think it's worse oh. than that Patrick Hornquist back check where he reaches his stick out and is like, it was eh, bad, and then goes to the bench. It was bad. He kind of, he just turned from the puck. He lost the puck and he just glided back and just didn't care. And you could see it. Oh. There's one of those moments where you see on YouTube 
but that, but that, that, don't but care that makes a team moments. Stanley Cup final worthy, worthy Colin. Didn't you know that? <laughs> game six final worthy in the first round. <laughs> You're waiting for that one. Oh, God. Right. I love it, Wardy. Um, here, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Um, kind of get into the round the two discussions. Yeah, player of the week. Um, and again, we're through two games through each series. Monday night, we get a night off, which kind of sucks, but uh, four games on a Tuesday sounds pretty good as well. So, honestly, it's nice for us because we can release a pregame very for true. Today, Absolutely. And we can record without any games on. So, we're not distracted because it's tough. It was tough trying to make predictions for games that were yeah. going through. So, that was kind of tough, right? Like, if they win, well, everyone knows it's listening. So, that's kind of nice now that we like, do previews and like, maybe the rest of the series because there's a lot of big ones and a lot of close ones right now mm-hmm. in the second round. Yeah. So we will get to all of that. And of course, players of the week next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Devaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL and 60 podcast. Uh, link tree is in the bio for you to check out. Uh, our YouTube channel's up there, website, and of course, anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, we're probably there, uh, including the Bulldogs Audio Network. Reed Duthie, he's got you covered throughout the playoffs, uh, all the game action. And by the way, if you missed any of the interviews, um, you know, following the 2022 OHL priority selection, they're up there as well. Uh, they're very good. And of course he chats, uh, with Mr. Steos following the draft. So uh, if you want to check that out again, Bulldogs audio network, we're there. Reed Duffy. He's there for all the action throughout the 2022 playoffs. And of course we got to mention this, some big news this past week for the show, the network coming over. From the enemies in Niagara. Eh, I wouldn't say enemies, but um, the Armchair <laughs> GM Sports Network, the Dog Pound Podcast. Uh, Brandon Caputo is going to be joining the website as a contributor. Game recaps for the Hamilton Bulldogs throughout the 2022 OHL playoffs. The first one's up there already following game two, the 4 2 win for the Hamilton Bulldogs to take a 2 0 series lead over the Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, that is the first one. Make sure you go check it out. Our website link is in our link tree. So it uh, should be fun. Uh, welcome aboard, Brandon. He unfortunately couldn't join us tonight at a auto emergency, if you want to call it that. So yeah. we'll we see if we can we have him on next week. About, yeah, we won't give him a hard time about it. Hopefully he's on next week. I know that's going to be quite the episode. I know he's going to have a lot to say. I feel, like we'll, I feel like we'll just all talk about the Yankees and how me and you yeah like. yankee man yankee fan that's disappointing as siri, as siri hey <laughs> freaking siri god i better better watch out mine might go on brutal <laughs> terrible but yeah um welcome aboard brandon uh glad to have you on i know uh i'm glad to have a yankee fan aboard but um no all, all said jokes no one aside, ever brandon, no. <laughs> <laughs> all, all jokes aside though brandon welcome aboard i know he's gonna do great work um did a lot of great things with his network, the Armchair GM Sports Network, um, covering the Niagara Ice Dogs. I know he has a lot on his plate. He, um, he's a worker, that's for sure. Brandon mm-hmm. um, has a lot of shows over there on the network. Um, 
quality shows. So check them out as well. Um, glad to have them aboard. And also, if you're a writer listening to the show and you want to get involved and cover a couple of the teams that are in the playoffs, let us know. Send us an email, DM, whatever. Just get a hold of us. Let us know because mm-hmm. we'd gladly have people aboard that are looking to get into the field. Um, if you're in college or whatever and you want that opportunity, because it's kind of like how we started, right? Like it's kind of like how we yeah. did. And um, it's funny because Joel had that idea in the summer, writer Joel Vanderland. He was like, we should do like get writers from certain, like from cities around the OHL that cover the team that are in college or whatever, or have a writing degree and they want to get into the field. They want to cover the OHL. Boom. If you're yeah. in that, if you're in that, we'd gladly have a meeting with you and like, let's see. Like, let's see where it goes because I think it's a great idea. And um, it would be cool to someday have, like, an athletic feel on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like when you go on the athletic where you're, like, where you go on there and you have, like, you can look up everything. You can look up, I mean, Max Baltman from the Detroit Red Wings, writer for the Red Wings on the athletic. I talk to him all the time about the Red Wings. Um, and that's cool. Like, you want to see the Red Wings? Boom, it's on there. You want to see the Jays? Boom, it's on there. You want to see the Tigers? It's on there. I mean, I, it's nice, the athletic for me because, like, where I like where we live, Reese, like other than the Blue Jays or me and the Raptors, what coverage am I going to get regularly on the Detroit Red Wings in Ontario yeah. other than Win- other than Windsor, right? Like it's yeah, all exactly. centered. Well, and that's that's the thing you talk about that. Anything Red Wings you want, or like you said, it's going to have to be Chatham Denver. or south of that. Um, yeah, Tigers, you're lucky because London is mostly Tigers. Obviously, the roots with their double uh, A club used to play at Labatt Park. So that that kind of helps up for me anyways. But um yeah, yeah it's very but unfortunate like, being in Leafland. So but yeah. So yeah, that's why I love the athletic because like I can go on there and get my Red Wing coverage from Max Baltman. I can get my Denver Broncos coverage in yeah. the NFL. And it's just like what I want. So I think it would be really good if you're in an area, it doesn't matter where what area you're in from the OHL. You could be from London, you could be from North Bay, Sault Ste. Marie, wherever you're from, Kingston. Let us know, Ottawa. Like, let us know where you're from. Um, if you want to get involved, if you want to contribute, we gladly have a meeting with you and um, get you on there, get you on the website. And um, we can tell you, like, what we kind of want, like, what kind of idea we kind of want to run here. Um, you kind of, I guess, they kind of know now the listeners are whoever yeah. interested. We kind of want to run a athletic type feel, like a blogging site where you just recap games, you can interview players, um, we can get you in the scrums, something along those lines so that'd be pretty cool um to get that going hopefully next year for next season we can get a couple going um, that's the thing even heading into the off season we have guys joining on yeah Um, feel feel free to get those featured stories in on maybe certain players or even coaches the draft i feel like would be a pretty cool idea yeah plus world juniors this summer right that's Mm -hmm. nice yeah yeah i guess yeah um world juniors this summer is gonna be interesting yeah, World Juniors this summer, the NHL draft this summer. You have a draft eligible player. Um, the OHL draft guys are starting to commit now. I mean, you don't have to have a team in the playoff to be able to contribute right now for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, North Bay, I mean, uh, Sudbury, North Sudbury, Sudbury, I mean, they just got a commitment. Um, London got a commitment yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Saginaw's committing everybody right now. Yeah, right, Saginaw exceptional status. I mean, yeah. like, there's a lot of coverage you can do in Saginaw. So, Wherever you're from, doesn't matter. State side does not matter. If you if you're trying to get into the industry and you just can't, and you want to get your name out there and earn some credibility, we'd gladly have you aboard. We'd gladly have a meeting with you and um, see where it goes. Right. So, um, 
that's kind of like the free ad read right there, but it wasn't yeah, an extended commercial, but yeah, we'll uh, just get a hold of us. Shoot us a DM or email. Emails yeah. are on the website, so just let us know, or you can check us out on, you can email, DM mm-hmm. us on Twitter, Instagram, it does not matter, we'll get it. Yeah, yeah at the OHL and 60 podcast, of course, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah, reach out. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Again, we're just looking to expand. There's there's still a lack of coverage around the entire OHL. Um, Maybe not from a team perspective. Of course, you got all the local papers, radio stations, what have you. But like in terms of a whole league standpoint, and you know, not day to day coverage, but you know, game to game, and you know, it's still lacking, unfortunately. So uh, that that was our goal with the show to start (laughs) off with. Was just you know, it's. It's still a big deal. It's junior hockey, but it's a it's a big deal for a lot of people. And um, exactly. you know, all, all these teenagers who have the dreams of going to the NHL and you know having to deal with people like us, if you want to call it that. But uh, <laughs> we asked the hard questions. You know, it's, we asked the hard questions. Yeah, it's just it's it's part of that experience. And if you know, we asked Jake Hubert. Some guys won't get the opportunity to get to the NHL and experience the lifestyle of what it is to be a professional hockey player, right? So. Um, if we can give them all the coverage in the world while they're in the Ontario Hockey League, that's what we're going to do. So, yeah, so it's all about growth, right? Players grow, broadcasters grow as well. So, that's what yeah, we're Yeah, that's exciting do. for sure. On to the players of the week. Actually, before we go to players of the week, we kind of talked about this to start off the show. So, I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring back the stat of the week. Um, hey now. on the show it's brought to you by stupid gas prices gas oh, prices screwing you. your wallet for the last month by the way i think that that's definitely affecting the attendance the gas prices are definitely affecting the attendance because oh, i calculated yeah. on i calculated on sunday what the average person would spend before even getting to their seats at a hockey game for a seven o'clock game it's higher than it's ever been mm-hmm. in like I think it can only go down. It's so bad. So, yeah, that's a tough one. All right, stat of the week. So the last time we had a game seven in round one of the OHL playoffs, we're going back to not as far as I thought it was, but we're still going back to 2017 when the Erie Otters uh, took down Mississauga in five games in the OHL championship and then eventually losing uh, to the Windsor Spitfires in the Mem Cup final. Uh, One game, there were two game sevens this year. Uh, I should add one, of course, London Windsor series round one, uh, the Knights taking that one, four games to three. And then over in the Eastern conference, it was the Kingston Frontenacs beating the Hamilton Bulldogs in seven games before getting swept by Peterborough. That's a good one. That's a good stat. In total, there were three game sevens in that playoffs. Of course, the other one coming between the Erie Otters and the London Knights. So, London got their they got their full uh, full slate of games. Played all fourteen that were possible in two rounds of the playoffs. So, yeah, back to twenty seventeen. <laughs> last time we saw, well, at least one game seven in the playoffs. A lot of sweeps and five gamers in recent years, but that's wild. No game sevens. Yeah. Well, going back to 2019, (laughs) not one series went six. There were one, two, three, four, 
five sweeps. London swept Windsor, Saginaw swept Sag- Saginaw swept Sarnia, Guelph swept Kitchener, Ottawa swept Hamilton, uh, and Sudbury swept Sudbury. Mississauga. Whereas the yeah, rest of them were five games, so. Yeah. That was a Quentin Byfield effect. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But I mean <laughs> it's it's not it's nice that we're getting that competitive edge uh well, especially, in round one of the playoffs. Well, especially this year, because we were at the trade deadline and we were still saying there's no teams established. Mm-hmm. Like there was no teams established until Hamilton. And like I still yeah. like other than Hamilton right now, I still like Yes, there can be flaws in Hamilton's game. And I think that flaw is if they get too aggressive defensively, they get right. out of position, they leave a lot of space. That far side of the ice is always open. I was going to say, we so, saw that in game two against Peterborough. Is Peterborough yeah. scored those two goals because the D got caught for Hamilton. There was a breakaway and then a two-on-one. And even in the and even for like even in their D zone, if you can swing the puck around to the far side in the O zone for the attacking team, you can get a – like that guy, the winger on the far side is always wide open because they're so aggressive and they're so on one side. They play mm-hmm. like an overload. Like it's always just a walk in, um, walk in, get scoring opportunity. But they like to push your offense. That's the one thing that can hurt Hamilton. But um, other than that, there's not a lot. They're probably they're the most. That's just nitpicking. Yeah. But they're probably the most established. And other than that, there's still flaws in teams' games that we're thinking, mm-hmm. okay, that could affect them. So it's crazy to think that we went through a whole year with with really only seeing one team that we thought was like established. Like mm-hmm. Windsor too, I guess. Windsor Windsor you can't really like fault them. Windsor's a really good hockey club over there. And I mean and obviously North Bay is close, but like you can still see North Bay, Kingston, like you can still see those teams losing for a certain reason in their game. Where Hamilton's probably that team where it's like they're probably the only team where like Okay, you gotta outskill them, and it's hard to do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely interesting. That's for sure. All right, on to the second round. Uh, players of the week. First players of the week. Players of the week. Players of the week. Hold it. Jump the gun. It's all, all start. All good, man. Yeah, right. We'll penalize team in the second. Did you say round. five minute penalty. Five yards. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, bruh. But uh, <laughs> no, I went football reference. Not a boy. Uh, we'll start OHL player of the week. Kind of talked about how good he has been for the Kitchener Rangers already uh, on the show, but Joseph Serpa takes home the honor. He had nine points, four goals, and five assists over four games, uh, and he was a plus five in those four games as well. Of course, the Kitchener Rangers knocking off the Knights in seven overtime winner uh, by Mike Petizian off a rebound, and then he put it top shelf past Brett Brochu. Uh, also in consideration for the award, Brennan Othman of the Flint Firebirds. He had eight points, four goals, four assists, as Flint took down Owen Sound in seven games. And then we will head back to Kitchener. Sorry, I got lost in the paragraph for a second. Uh, we'll head back to Kitchener. Mitchell Martin, also considered for the award. Uh, three goals, four assists uh, in four games for the Rangers. So couple of Rangers getting their name uh, thrown in the hat this week and well-deserved. Well deserved. Hey. A, a seven-seed upset a two-seed, and you don't see that very often, especially in the OHL. So. This year, though, is the year. This year was the year you would see that. Oh, yeah. All year. The I East, agree. we didn't. The East, we didn't. But the West, 
all year it's been like that where you could see like okay you can see this team beating i mean you could see sorry well, i mean, would have beat a lot of knights in the first round like if they would have yeah. met well i mean how, how many times did we say throughout the year and i picked flint to beat owen sound and they did but how many times did we say that that's a favorable matchup for owen sound because that is a match yeah. that is a i took owen sound win. yeah i legitimately took owen sound and like I had Sarnia or I had Windsor in six. Like this year's the year in the West where we're not going to see a sweep. Like mm-hmm. I know, I know as we sit going into tonight's game, 2 0 Flint up on Sale. Sue wins tonight. Sue's just going to obviously now, you can't lose a game at home now. You're not going to seriously lose at home, but I don't see any sweeps in the West at all. Usually mm-hmm. as we go deeper, likely going to see a sweep is very slim, but I don't see any sweeps in the West this year. Well, speaking of the West, we're going to stay there for the goaltender of the week. And this is the second week in a row that he has taken home this honor of the Flint Firebirds, Luke Cavillan. Three and one record, 275 goals against average, save percentage of 939. Cavillan stopped 168 shots over the four games, helping the Firebirds win their first ever playoff series in the Ontario Hockey League and you know we saw it happening in 2020 but it's unfortunate it didn't happen then because as talented as this team is uh, they were just as good possibly better than when you look yeah. at who their captain was in Ty Delandria so uh, yeah, Cavillan takes home the honor this week yeah and Cavillan's games improved so much throughout the like since pre-COVID I think he's probably that most the most improved player. Obviously, White Johnson, White Johnson had a lot of promise, right? And Luke Evangelista, he had promise, kind of knew what he was they were going to be. Yeah. But goaltending, goaltending wise, I would say Cavlin. I mean, yeah, I'm like, there with you. Cavlin's been incredible, and um, props to him. He looks like a totally different goalie. He's more technical now, right? Obviously, that comes with maturity and with age, right? Mm-hmm. You start to you start to learn the system a little bit better and learn your position better. And Cavillan's been great so far. He's been great so far in the second round, too. Yeah. Well, and talk about it in the second round. He's made at least 50 saves and back-to-back wins over the Sioux Greyhounds to start round two. So I think that just speaks. He's on his way to winning his third straight goaltender of the week. Or I mean, this was included, but if he continues on this pace, he'll just keep winning and winning and winning. And they won't even be fair for the rest of the group. Um, also in consideration for the award, Nick Chouinard of the Owen Sound Attack. I'm glad they included him in here, despite them um, losing in round one. You know, his record was one and one, uh, but the goals against average, 152. Save percentage of 963. That one win was also a shutout. Was that game three? Oh, I'll be like, I'll be... No, that would have um... been game six. Game six, was it a 4 nothing shutout? Yeah, but the game three, game the game three win where they won 2-1, he was incredible. Obviously, that was last week. Doesn't count in this week. But he was incredible. Um, like, he's the reason why they won that game. No, Flint outplayed him pretty good. In it. Yeah, Flint outplayed him. 39 shots for Flint in that game, but both games um, – Chenard's been incredible. I mean, you make a trade with Matt Guzder, right? There's pressure there for Owen Sound. And that's just them knowing their team. Um, good move. Chenard gets the opportunity. He didn't drop the ball at all. He was incredible for them. And Owen Sound had a really good year. 
Uh, also in consideration, Kitchener's Pavel Chayon. And he definitely should be. <laughs> Two and one. He made 122 saves over yeah. those games to eliminate the London Knights in seven. And, of course, to move on to face the Windsor Spitfires in the second round. Yeah, they. I mean, Parsons was part of this as well. Maybe a little bit of smaller role for him in this series than Chion, but uh, if Kitchener doesn't have either of those guys, London yeah. probably wins that series. They were both very good, but of course, you know, you tip your cap to Chion because he was excellent for the Rangers. Well, Chion would have been in the nominations with only playing Game Seven, without even playing mm. Game Six. Chion would have been in the nomination just by how he played in Game Seven. That might be the yeah. best individual performance I. I saw this year by a goaltender. He, I mean, obviously Goudreau, Goudreau had some big ones there. Game five, game, I was gonna say game five, five Goudreau won that game against Windsor. So, yeah, Goudreau should have got first, second, and third star in that game. But game seven overtime in London, that's a tough spot to go. And yeah, it wasn't a very big crowd there in London, but it's still at Budweiser Garden. Still, yeah. you're playing a lot of Knights, Kitchener Rangers, the biggest rivalry in the Ontario Hockey League, like. The, it's meant mentally you're exhausted after those games, let alone physically. And uh, to play that good, probably the best individual performance I've saw this year by a goaltender. Yeah, with game six and seven being back to back nights as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, we will take a quick break. Actually, we will come back. Final twenty minutes of the show, uh, we will chat all things round number two. We are two games in to the second round, and well, it's been a fun two games in each matchup so far. So we will get to that next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Maney along with Colin Ward. Final segment of the show before we wrap things up on another Tuesday. Look at the West so far, or look at the second round so far, I should say. Uh, we are through two games in round number two, and we will start in the Western Conference, and we will start with that 1-7 matchup. That's yeah, high. that's right. 1-7 matchup in round two. Never thought I'd say that, but it is true. After the Kitchener Rangers took down the London Knights in seven games, they are playing the first-seeded Windsor Spitfires, and they get a split at the Wafku Center. 1-1 headed back to the odd. Uh, through two games, Wardy, uh, what's kind of stood out to you right now? Because, again, this is a series you expect Windsor to dominate, being the one seed where Kitchener was in the seven, kind of the same expectations uh, with the London Knights other than what you had. But... We're looking at this one, one-one headed back to Kitchener. Um, is, is the pressure still on the Rangers, or is it on their I'm opponents? You, I think it's one hundred percent on Windsor. I mean, I don't like right now. I feel like Kitchener is so loose right now and playing so freely, where they're going to win more games in this series. I this is going seven or or less, and if it goes less, Kitchener is winning this series. Kitchener won't go away. Um, game one, Kitchener made the game. Kitchener scores the first goal. They were up in the rush. They're riding that high off of a big game seven. You could see it. Um, they looked good. 
It, and it looks a lot like round one where Windsor outplays them. Chion Parsons mm-hmm. makes some big saves, right? They keep their teams in the game. Next thing you know, Kitchener goes down. They score a couple of goals. They get a lead and they don't lose it. And textbook, textbook playoff hockey, right? Get a lead, play tight defensively. Don't blow leads. Play defensively sound. Um, don't give up many big chances when you do because you're going to give up chances. And, hey, if your goalie can make those two to three saves a game where they should have been goals, because you got to make two to three legit great A, like 90% of those times they're goals. you got to make two or three of those saves a game in the playoffs if you're going to win. And out of any team right now in the league, Chion and Parsons are making those saves. Luke Cavlin, I guess, and Flint too, but Chion and Parsons have made those saves. That's why they're winning. So credit to them. And it's funny how Mike McKenzie, and you can tell that they're playing freely because game two, Sunday night, Jackson Parsons starts. So it's kind of interesting, right, to see how McKenzie is letting the guy still play, still kind of rotating him. Obviously, Chion was probably tired to back-to-back. They'll give Parsons a game. They're confident with the ability of Parsons. Parsons is a solid goaltender. That's a solid one-two combo in this league. Yeah. And, hey, credit to them. Credit to Kitchener. Um, Windsor, on the other hand, Windsor, they just got to play their game. Obviously, Windsor's a lot stronger than the London Knights. So it's not just saying, oh, Kitchener's going to win this series. I think Kitchener's not going to go away, and I think they're built to win a couple rounds in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I think they grab momentum right now. I think they have the team with the most momentum in the Ontario Hockey League. But Windsor in that Western Conference is probably the toughest team they're going to play. Well, not probably they are the toughest team they will have to play in the playoffs to get over that hump. It's mm-hmm. pretty big. So we'll see. But the challenge is definitely going to be accepted by Kitchener. They're not going to go away. And this series is going to go later than five games. It's going six or seven. Kitchener, Kitchener, I doubt, would get swept at home. I doubt they will lose a game at home. I think a split, I think a split even is good for Kitchener because hey, you're playing the one seed and you go back to Windsor 2 2. That's pretty good, right? You mm-hmm. take that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, pressure's on Windsor, I would say, going in there because if you look at Windsor, you got to win one. Uh, you got to win one. Yep. You have to win one in Kitchener because if you lose them both, Kitchener with home ice all of a sudden. You win that game five at home, you got to go back to Kitchener for game six down three, two. It, and that's the one thing that kind of saved, obviously didn't save the London Knights at all because they lost, but it was massive that they won game five because if they would have went into Kitchener down for game six, it's over in six. London wasn't winning that game. And this is this kind of the same situation here where Windsor's got to win a game at home or they got to win a game in Kitchener because if they don't, it's going to be a massive game five coming back to Kitchener for game six. So it's going to be an interesting series. Um, also, nice, nice, nice pregame Windsor had outside the arena on Sunday before the that. game. Shout please out to Chris Bolt for tweeting that. Yes, please, teams, please do that more often. Like, you got to make it an event, right? you got to make it an event. This is the OHL playoffs. It's nice outside now. we got playoff weather today. I mean, you're thinking, I'm thinking about opening the pool next week. Like, yeah. this is play, this is playoff hockey now, like weather. So, let's see, let's see more of these events, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's make it fun. Like, have that, have the whole, have your whole city come out, your whole hometown support your local team. Let's see it because I know Sue could do it for sure. Mm-hmm. Sue, that I had Kitchener's that, got that, the room village. to do it. Yeah. Kitchener, Kitchener definitely should, but the problem is weeknight games, it's tough to do. Yeah. But, 
it would be nice to see maybe Sue because Sue has that Nem Cup village feel that we mentioned on the show during COVID. Let's see what you would have did if you hosted the Nem Cup, right? So let's see what let's see the plans here. So it'd be interesting to see more of that because I like that stuff. You got to grow the game, right? And mm-hmm. that brings fans in. That brings more walk up fans in too, right? Because some team, some people might just go for the pregame and then all of a sudden, oh, let's see if there's tickets available, right? Mm-hmm. There is, boom, we'll go to the game. You're gonna get more you're gonna get more ticket sales that way too. Walk up crowd. So yeah. massive congrats or wins here on the business side. That's a smart idea. So I quickly I didn't want to forget about that one. But uh um, no, it's good. gonna be a good it's gonna be a good series. I'll let you say yours first, and then we'll say predictions yeah. for the rest of the series. Well, so. well well one thing I wanted to throw in there about uh just about the on ice play and you know, special teams always gonna yes. play a factor in how this goes uh you look at the windsor spitfires in terms of their penalty kill they were third in the regular season uh on the power play compared to kitchener being 12th on the penalty kill uh windsor obviously through two games they've had five chances uh they haven't scored a power play goal yet yeah now not saying it's a huge advantage over the rangers spitfires 0 for 5 rangers are 1 for 6 is that a huge difference? And no, not really. But you know, in terms of PK, Windsor was second in the OHL in the regular season. In terms of power play, the Kitchener Rangers were fifteenth at eighteen point three percent. Again, you can look at it as well. They've both missed on five opportunities. But Kitchener has still found the back of the net at least once on the power play. Um, Windsor's going to have to get back to that. That is one of the fact that is one of the parts of the game that is going to lose them this series. If they can't score on the power play. Well, especially with that power play they got, I mean, you get, you're able exactly. to get cool. Exactly. Like Maggio, Vito yeah. on the same line for two minutes or less. That's nice. That's a nice bonus. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes, Sometimes when you play a team in the playoffs, right, you see the video later on in the series. And obviously it's surprising that early in the series is happening because Kishner shut down London's power play for the most part mm-hmm. in the fir- first round after game two. So it's kind of weird that we're seeing it kind of reversed, right? Like you'd expect wins are okay. The first round power play wasn't good against Sarnia. Obviously when it goes deep in a series, you get video and stuff. You get to see the tendencies, right? You know where guys are going to be because – Power plays are pretty simple to defend when you think about it. Every power plays, power plays are like they're like back in the day in high school. You know, in high school when you're like in a trend and you're like, I gotta dress this way, I gotta do this, I gotta do this because I gotta be in the in crowd, right? Like you mm-hmm. wanna fit in. That's kind of what the power play is because like you wanna stay in your way, right? You don't wanna change. You don't wanna change and you have to sometimes because it's too predictable. So I think that's a little bit of problems right now. You're seeing power play and predictability, which is helping the penalty kill. And plus Patizzi and Penali, those guys can kill penalties. For, they're unreal. They're um, Kitchener. They're so quick. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of odd that it's been like that for Windsor. I mean, I expect it to get going. You can't keep a power play like that down for too long. But it's definitely going to be interesting for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, you can even give credit to the Rangers. Again, five penalties. Obviously, it's five more than you want to take, but uh, they really haven't been in the box a whole lot, especially looking at some of the other series around the OHL, uh, of course, going back to round one as well. So uh, give credit to them for not 
having one penalty per period be their average, I guess, if you want to put it that way. So um, prediction quickly for me, I still like, I still like Windsor uh, late. I'm with you six or seven games, but I think it's going to be the spits. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough not to pick Windsor. I, you know, like when you talk about in the playoffs, when you get a gut feeling, mm-hmm. you got to stick with your, you got to Kitchener's your, your team gut. this year, aren't they? They are. And I've been saying it, and I said it last week, and I said it for the last couple weeks. I have Kitchener in seven games over the Windsor Spitfires. Call me crazy. I don't, but like, I'm going to do it. Hammer, mark it, look it. Kitchener in seven over the Windsor Spitfires. Right. I know that's wild to say. I just like Kitchener convinced me. The way they play, if obviously if they can continue to play like this, mm-hmm. if they start to become okay, if they become fatigued, because sometimes you see that with the seventh seed with the depth, you can't defend with those guys. But hey, nine out of their ten top scorers on their team right now are returning next year. This is a valuable experience for the Kitchener Rangers right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes when you're young, the stupid comes with it, so you don't get fatigued. <laughs> so when you're young and stupid things work out so i have kitchener in seven um if they continue to play like this for sure good goaltending obviously china parsons that's key um they can score the timely goal and they can match if they can match up well against that top line hey penelli's one face off surface been good but has been incredible vlad's been scoring um moderate's been playing his game mm-hmm. if they can continue to do that they'll be fine so i have kitchener in seven all right, series number two in the Western Conference. Flint Firebirds, Sioux Greyhounds. A pair of 5-3 victories for the Flint Firebirds on home ice, heading back to Sioux St. Marie, of course, for game three tonight, the GFL Memorial Gardens. Um, I think we talked about this before we started the show. We, we thought we'd, again, 5-3, it's not terrible. We're not saying it's bad by any means from the Sioux Greyhounds, but we. We expected them to take one. We expected it to be that close series between the three, four. And again, usually in round two, we get the two, three matchup, but uh, three, four here. And, you know, Flint winning both at home, despite getting absolutely destroyed in shots in game number one, 58 to 31, giving up 25. In the, the third, third period. period, and wouldn't you know it, that's where the three Sault Ste. Marie goals came, was in period mm-hmm. number three. So it doesn't look like it's going to stay this way for Flint. You know, it would still be tough for a sweep playing a couple in Sault Ste. Marie, but it's especially not going to happen if you keep giving up 25 shots in the third period. Yeah, 18 in the first two. Yeah, you have, you give up eighteen in the first period. The first period usually that's not a usually that's not the recipe for success, right? When you give up that many shots, the first eighteen to nine after the first mm-hmm. in game one, that's not usually that's not good. You're playing with fire, especially with Sue. Sue can score. Obviously, Luke Cavlin's been really good. Um, that's been mass. That's probably the lone story. Say, yeah. That's probably the lone story. Timely scoring, similar to Kitchener, right? You got to make those saves. You have to make those three to four stops that are for sure goals you have to make those in the playoffs or you're going to lose yeah Cavlin's made those that's why they're winning um three or less right and I said this about Hamilton and I and I'll say it probably when we get to them but when you're playing a team like Sioux St. Marie that can score goals you have to you cannot give up more than three goals or you're going to lose you're not going to win that 
7-5, that 7-6 game against Sault Ste. Marie. You're not going to. So you got to win those three, two games, you know, the grind them out games, the four, the odd four, three game. You got to win those. You got to score three to four goals to beat them. If you mm-hmm. have to score more than three or four, you're not going to beat Sue. And five, three is kind of that textbook type yeah. of game. You're going to have to beat Sue three or less, right? So they did that. And um, usually that's what happens when you can hold them under to three or less. So you're usually going to win those games. But um, massive, 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 uh, Stops by Kavlin, though. He's been huge in the series so far. I'll I'll go first this one. I think I still think Sue wins it just because the pace of play is favored Sue. But hey, Kavlin's mm-hmm. Kavlin's only two two games away. I mean, Flint's only two games away. They're halfway there. But I'm gonna go Sue in seven. This will go set. This will end up going seven. I don't think yeah. Sue will lose both games. And it, that question will be game five in Flint. Can Sue win a game in Flint? That's gonna be the big one because hey, it's been rocking there. And mm-hmm. Flint. So that's going to be interesting to see. But if they can win that game five, it's going seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, I think I think Flint's got to start with the puck a lot more. And obviously, that's a captain face-offs. obvious key to the series. Uh, Sue Saint Marie's controlled the faceoff dot through the first two games. Uh, special teams have kind of been one sided in each game. You look at game one, uh, Flint Firebirds two for three on the man advantage. Probably one of the reasons they won, if Massive. not the only reason they won. Uh, whereas the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, 0 for 1. So the Firebirds staying out of the box, which, again, you start to get into that three, four penalties a game situation. Sault Ste. Marie easily oh, yeah. could have won game one and, you know, tipped the scales and won that first one on the road. Whereas, you know, you look in game two, it was the Sioux Greyhounds who were a lot more disciplined than the Firebirds. Sioux taking one penalty. Firebirds were 0 for 1. Greyhounds were 2 for 5. And they happened to win 42 out of the 72 faceoffs that were taken in this game. So, yeah, if you're the Firebirds, you got to start starting with the puck a lot more than you have been. Because, because Sue's going to absolutely destroy you at home if you're not starting with the puck. So, yeah, that's, that's, where I, yeah, that's where I like your pick of the Sioux Greyhounds in seven. I'm with you. I think the Sioux Greyhounds will win this series as well. Um, it's been better not yeah not to flat out say flint hasn't been close they've just gotten lucky just and they're up to oh yeah like, no, the numbers really don't lie and neither does the product on the ice you know 13 in game two i'll reference 13 shots in the first period you move up to 21 um total just in the second and then 22 in the third when you get 20 plus shots in the third two games in a row on the road that's a heck of a period. Yeah. You you thought they would come out with a win. Obviously, they did not, and they're down 2-0 heading home, but they're heading home. So I think they're just going to yeah. be fine. Uh, moving to the Eastern Conference, Hamilton Bulldogs, Mississauga Steelheads, the other 2-0 series lead in this second round. Oh, big loss for Mississauga, game two. Before the game even mm-hmm. starts, Roman Bazarin heads off. Does not return. Uh, Joe Ranger having to get the start, but let, let's start with that, Colin. That Ugh. wasn't good. Ugh. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's not good. And then Luca Dalbalbalus get the gets a stick from Joe Ranger in the face too on the first shift of the game. So, two your top prospect going into the draft along with back Dalbalbalus and back one and two, mm-hmm. and your number one goal it. Say no, you say number one goalie because he started in the playoffs, but it's been close all year. 
Um, both get hurt early. Double Blues returned, obviously, Badgerin didn't. It looked like a groin issue with Badgerin. He got hurt in warm-ups. Um, he was on crutches. He was watching the game from the corner where Mississauga's dressing room is there in the corner by the horn and stuff. So he was standing there watching the game on crutches. So I would imagine it's not an MCL, ACL, because mm-hmm. if he, he wouldn't be at the game. He'd be getting surgery if it was an ACL or MCL. So I'd imagine it's a groin because you don't see a goalie hamstring issue too often. Usually with goalies, you see groin or inside the knee. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't think it's a knee because he was still at the arena and like didn't well, he require didn't have, he- surgery tough to see obviously he was at the board yeah um in terms of anything that he was wearing along his leg so or his knee. i didn't see a brace so. yeah i didn't see a brace but that was a that's a long ways away from the press box down to that corner that's like the yeah. complete opposite end yeah so so i mean what what does this mean for mississauga we're not i'm not saying joe ranger isn't capable of winning games in the playoffs because i think he is well this is he was just as good as basrin was in the regular yeah. season so like this is still not they're still not in Out trouble, not even close. Haven't played a game at home yet. Tonight's a game. Tonight is the series, you could say. Tonight is yeah. the series. Yeah. Because you're not coming back get... against Hamilton down 3 0. Down 3 0. You're not. It's, o- it's over. Might as well yeah, call it unless... the NBA. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Because at the end of the day, Mississauga has really rotated their goaltenders all season. Them and Guelph were almost 50-50 split per games played this year. And this is good. This is it's not a good thing to have your goaltender get hurt. But if a team if there's a team right now in the playoffs where if their goalie got hurt, you would be comfortable because they're not a game he played in this season, it's Mississauga. You're going to another OA goaltender in Joe Ranger. You're going to a veteran goaltender who's capable of winning playoff games. That's not that's an okay problem to have, right? That's okay. And you have to remember, Mississauga stole, they sold Ingham to keep Joe Ranger. Yep. So there's a situation there. They obviously like Richmond, obviously likes what Ranger is. And hey, I do too. You do. We all like Joe Ranger. I mean, Joe Ranger is capable of winning playoff games, no doubts about it. But here's the thing that kind of, I think, fatigue set in here with Badron because you're not used to playing all those games. And all of a sudden, you're playing Hamilton, you're facing 40 shots a game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, Obviously, I know it was warm-ups, but maybe it was fatigue, right? Maybe it was an existing injury, too, from the first round. It's very cold, right? It mm-hmm. could be in it because he faced a lot of rubber at times in that very series. I think Mississauga played the majority of the games, but there were times where he had to make some big saves where it kind of looked like awkward saves, you know? So yeah. maybe maybe it was an existing injury where he just pulled something and it's like, oh, crap, I can't go. But Joe Ranger is definitely capable of winning games. Um, I think any other team, he's – the, Mississauga is a team where I'm comfortable with Joe Ranger winning playoff games right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's okay. It's not, you're not done yet. That's for sure. Yeah. Not a well, enough. well, and that's the thing. You, th- this just speaks to how good Hamilton is defensively. And as we get into mm-hmm. our predictions for the series winner, uh, game two in particular, the Mississauga yes. Steelheads didn't have more than eight shots in any of the periods. Uh, seven in each of the first and second period, and then eight shots in the third for a grand total of 22. Of course, Hamilton wasn't even close to that. They were at 38, but you know, you look at the face-offs, game one wasn't even close as well. Hamilton controlling that easily, and that just goes back to you know what I said about Flint is you're not going to do very well, and you're not going to last very long in the playoffs, so you don't start with the puck. Obviously, Flint, 
they're up two nothing. So you know, kind of hard to chirp them when you have a two zero series. <laughs> yeah, but hard to be critical, Miss, but but for, for Mississauga, that that is they have to be one hundred times better than they have well, been in games one and two. Yeah, Mississauga is not going to be a big shot team, though. That's the thing, right? Mississauga is going to be the team that wants to win those two one games. It's similar. It's similar to what Flint has to do to beat Sioux. Obviously, up two zero. It's I do the moment now, but Flint. I think with Mississauga, it's three or less. You know Hamilton's going to pepper you. Hamilton's yeah. up. Hamilton will out shoot them in every game this series. It's just the way it's going to be. It's just the way Mississauga plays. Mississauga's a team where they're going to play man on man defensive hockey. They're not going to give you room. They'll take their chances shorthanded. Their penalty kill is mighty dangerous opportunity wise. I mean, we scored, we saw them score two goals this year in a game shorthanded. Two. So they will be, they will take their chances shorthanded. Obviously, I think with adding Jake Uberti, I think they've been more offensive. They kind of changed their game from the first half where it was kind of like, okay, we're going to defend you man on man. Um, not going to give it, not going to give you a lot of space. You're going to play tight defensive. Where that's why Mississauga, they tend to get out shot, right? Because they, they don't possess the puck. They, yeah. they play defensive. They'll, they'll capitalize on your mistake, which is smart hockey, but it's dangerous. They're playing Hamilton. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. But that's the one thing about it. Um, Mississauga, I thought it was funny because in the last three minutes when they were pushing, right? They were pushing against Hamilton in game two. And Hamilton was actually out. Mississauga, they were beating them at their own game. I was going to say out Mississauga, Mississauga, but it's kind of a tough word to say. <laughs> but, but you know, um, it was funny because like they took the space away. Mississauga had a couple chances, couldn't score. Hamilton gets to clear, and it was like you were watching Mississauga play defense against mm-hmm. themselves. So that was kind of interesting to see the late push there for Mississauga to how good Hamilton played defensively. So I haven't saw them that much on their heels all year this year as I did in that third period, like late in the game, obviously with empty net, but I haven't saw that yet. So that was kind of interesting to see. And um, Hamilton does what Hamilton does. I mean, Logan Morris, Logan Morris is incredible. Is there a, like, it's crazy how good he is. I mean, you look at the stat line yesterday, three assists and a goal. Like, yeah. Okay. He got that one. He got that one. And then you go back. Holy crap. He did have three assists. Yeah. He scored that goal. Like, it's crazy. Every game you look at the stat line, it's like, oh, Morrison, two points. Morrison, three points. Like, it's crazy how good he is. And um, well-deserved. Hamilton kind of got banged up on Sunday. That's a thing to look for. Uh, Misak went awkward in the board. He did not mm-hmm. return. Um, Ryan Winterton went off, I believe. Yeah, Ryan Winterton went off. He returned, though. But uh, Misak, the one to watch out for, um, he did not return. It looked like a shoulder thing went awkwardly into the board. So is there. Those aren't fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, go shoulder first in the corner. Um, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's in tonight. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. 7 o'clock. We will know when he's in. But um, hopefully he's okay and good to go. But he's Arbor go. Jack Eye returns as well for the Bulldogs after that one-game suspension. Yeah, yeah. Arbor Jack Eye's back. And also Avery Hazel will be back next game mm-hmm. on Friday. So that's big, too. Get a, get a massive goal scorer in Avery Hazel. Yeah. So, so where are we going in terms of prediction for this series, Wardy? This is tough, right? Because like I like Mississauga, I really do. Um, I was talking to their video coach on Sunday, which had an interesting talk. That was all. It's always fun to talk to coaches because like the game, right? The way they think the game, it's so cool. Yeah. And like I like Mississauga's team. I like them all year, but if they lose tonight, it's over. It's over Friday night. 
Like, I don't really see them losing game. I don't really see Hamilton losing a game. I say yeah. Hamilton in four. I'm I with hope you. it goes deep, but I was going to say because this is this would be a great series to see. You talk about how good Mississauga has been defensively. That tight game they play. Um, Hamilton can out defend anybody, and they can outscore yeah. anybody. Uh, well, like this, this is not a dream series to go seven because I think that was more along the lines of Mississauga Barry. Like that was the series where, like, oh yeah, we could easily see seven, but obviously the Steelheads getting it done in six. But I, yeah, I'm with you five max. But yeah, I say like, four. Hamilton's not even close. You know, anybody else, they're miles ahead. And here's the thing I want to say about Hamilton. And this is where we have to give credit to these players because they play their role incredibly. Like, it's Mm -hmm. incredible how good these guys are in their role. Grushnikov, incredible defensive defenseman. Noah Van Vliet hasn't played a lot this year. He's obviously a deep team. He's a sixth defenseman when he plays, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Talk about a steady defense. He had the hit of the playoffs on Sunday. This saga's at seven. It was a clean hit. He hit his shoulder. You go back and watch the tape, he hit his shoulder. <laughs> Morty all but, over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a big Van Vliet guy. I mean, this is the guy where if you're in the draft this year, you're a GM, the National Hockey League. You draft this guy in the seventh round, you're going to get him there. Next year, you got to take him in the fourth round. So you might as well take him now because mm-hmm. he's very steady. And I can tell you right now, he's going to play a lot next year for Hamilton. His value is going to go up because I still think Hamilton's going to be a really good hockey team next year. So Noah Van Vliet and also Colton Cameron. Mm-hmm. Colton Cameron, I mean, the captain, right? Steady defenseman, plays defensively sound, not going to give you a lot of space, going to play a gritty game. What a hockey player. I mean, I marveled about his game on Sunday. I mean, him and Grushnikov, so steady back there. I mean, they don't get out of their position. They don't get out of position. They don't feel too rushed. They control the game defensively, which is so incredibly. And I think if you talk to Matteo Drobak and Marco Constantine, the Hamilton goaltenders, they would agree. They would mention that. I mean, they've made their lives so much easier than what it should have been. And Constantine's been incredible this playoff. Um, Drobak if gets a chance if he's incredible too. Um, but their defense helped them a lot in Hamilton, mm-hmm. obviously, and Kammer and uh, Grushnikov especially. And also I want to shout out Van Vliet just because of the way he's been playing when he's got the opportunity. He's been really good. But I just want defensive defenseman in the playoffs, right? That's massive. Well, and that, that goes to what we said uh, leading into the first round against Peterborough and kind of previewing the playoffs for the Bulldogs. Uh, any team that will beat them will out-defend Hamilton, and it's very hard to do, but that is the yeah. only way the Bulldogs do not make an appearance in well, the Memorial Cup. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when when um when you had to beat Erie in seventeen, right? Like when you're mm-hmm. playing Erie, like you know they're gonna outshoot you. You know that they're gonna outplay you. They're gonna be aggressive. They're gonna own the play. I mean, you look at a third line of Misak, Duart, and Shirk. I mean, like yeah. that's that's a top one. Probably fifteen out of the out of twenty teams, like. That line's incredible. That's your third line. They're going to possess the puck. Yeah. You just got to limit the chances. You got to keep them under four under four goals. I know that's tough, but legit, three or four, three or less, you're going to beat them every time. But it's very tough to do. If you give up more than three, you're in trouble. And you got to make those extra saves. I know, like 
with Hamilton, like other teams, I said, you got to make the three or four extra saves with Hamilton. They're going to have six great eight chances. They might have three a period. So you got to keep it down. And um, that's my one, last point um, for Mississauga's chance to be, and they just got to make those extra saves. You got to make the three extra saves on top. You got to make six extra saves because they're that good. Yeah. All right. Final series of round number two, North Bay Battalion, Kingston Frontenac. This one is all tied up heading back to Kingston. North Bay takes game one, six to four. And then it was the Frontenacs answering back with a 5-4 overtime win in game number two. Yeah. This- Thoughts on this one, Wardy? Because this one, this one could be it, – it could be close. Yeah, I think this – see, it's tough because game two, if you take the start away, North Bay wins the game. The first 10 minutes, North Bay was terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't good. It wasn't good enough. I mean, you give up three, right? You give up three and 10. That's not good. So that kind of hurt them. But I, I think I have North Bay in six games. I think North Bay wins in six. Um, the one thing is here, how can Kingston play at home? I mean, can they win at home? I think they can. Can North Bay win those games in Kingston, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to at least split. But, uh, that's the one question I have in this series. I think North Bay's top line, that matchup's interesting, right? A veteran top line in North Bay going up against Shane, right? That's always. I was going to say, when you're, you know, ta- when you're technically talking about a guy who, like, I, that's still a young line. Yeah. For the Kingston well, front max. And like you said, that's where Zade Wisdom comes in. Yeah. Zade, Zade Wisdom. Zade Wisdom can make life a living HD double hockey stick. To um, to that top line, right? Because if he's gonna buzz, if he's gonna play his game and buzz around, mm-hmm. those guys are gonna get frustrated, right? I mean, Coe's a big power forward. You get those big guys off their game, they look disengaged, right? And I'm not saying that Coe will, because I think he's a heck of a player. But you might have those situations, right, where it doesn't go the way you plan, just because wisdom, Chromia, like you get these guys playing their game, right? It's frustrating to have to defend. So, but we'll see what happens there. But I have North Bay in six. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I think North Bay takes this series as well. Um, it's it. It's almost like it's the battle of the lull teams. Both teams had that regular season lull where they couldn't figure anything out, and it's it's down to a seven game series. And if you're in that stretch right now. You're not gonna get anything anything done, and obviously yeah. it's one one headed back to Kingston, but it's just about That's limiting those small lulls throughout the game. And North Bay's was early in game number two, like you said, the first ten yeah. minutes. That was their lull period of that game, and it's tough to come back after giving up three goals that mm-hmm. early. Obviously, they did forced overtime, but yeah. the playoffs that's not gonna happen very often. So kind of more ups and downs, right? Yeah, ups and downs. Exactly. You got more ups than the other team. Exactly. That's what, that's what winning is, right? More ups than the other team. Yeah. So. And, I, and I think that's what's going to be a big part of the series is who can have more ups than downs. And again, that's where the end game adjustments exactly. come in for both coaches. So, and, and also there's going to be adversity. Teams are going to hit adversity in this oh, round. Yeah. They both will hit adversity in this round. That's going to be interesting to see who can respond because, hey, you might see North Bay go in and have a bad start against Kingston tonight. You might see that and all of a sudden we're looking, we're coming back to North Bay 
it's a 3-1 Kingston series. Mm-hmm. You may see that just because you hit adversity. How can you respond? And I'm just saying that because North Bay is a road team. You tend to see that with the road team in the Ontario Hockey League. But uh, that's the one point I would look for. But yeah. I, I had North Bay in six. You North Bay in six too, right? I'm with you on that one, yeah. I think North Bay takes this series. I think it has a chance to go seven. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all. But Same. I, I could see six. I could kind of – yeah, I could see another split in Kingston and then North Bay just taking over in five and six. So Yeah. Plus, Maryland is really good, at, really good at home. Yeah. That's the one thing. Exactly. Yeah. So. I agree. Fun yeah, this week. That's kind of where we're at in terms of round two. Hope we got all our thoughts out and hope you enjoyed all of them. Uh, yeah, that wraps up our show again. Shout out to Brandon Caputo joining us uh, on the website as a contributor throughout the Hamilton Bulldogs playoff run. Uh, should be a fun one. Again, if you're interested in doing the same, whether it's for anything, whether it's just even in the playoffs in general, or if it wants to be a specific team, let us know. DM us at the OHL and 60 podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Of course, link tree to the website. If you want to email us, our emails are on the website. So let us know and shout out to Brandon for joining us. Uh, We're excited for it. It should be a fun playoff run for the Bulldogs. And it looks like it's going to be pretty damn long as well. So it should be good, but. That is it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will chat again in seven days.